black preachers who are, are racist in their hearts. Uh, they, are, they are not called by God, but they've been called by their mama. The Jesse Lee Peterson Show is the only program in existence which deals straight up with black Americans. So-called civil rights leaders want them angry, dumbed down, and demoralized. It's not the leaders that blacks need, but good fathers and mothers. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for tuning in. I do appreciate it. You know, if you want to comment on any of these shows, uh, this show or any other shows that you have seen or will see in the future, feel free to email me or write me at the address you're going <clears> to, <throat> uh, we're going to give to you at the end of the program. I love hearing from you, suggestions for shows or guests for shows. We're always looking for guests for the Jesse Lee Peterson show. Uh, Pastor Chris what is it? Connor. Connor, <laughs> I'm sorry, is back with me today, and I'm very happy to have him back. He's with um, Church of the Risen Lord, mm -hmm. and uh, here in Midland? Odessa. We're in Odessa right now? Uh-huh, well. Are we in Odessa or Midland? <clears throat> You're in between. Well, in between the Odessa and Midland. are between Odessa and Midland. Our church is in Odessa. Oh, okay. <laughs> I appreciate you coming back. We're did you get any feedback from the last time you were here? Sure, yeah. The last time that I was here, I got a lot of positive feedback from folks in the community. It's, they've been watching your shows. And, yeah. and um, uh, it was just nice to hear folks' feedback and what they thought. What do most people that you hear from think about the Justin Peterson show? Do they ever say, I like it or hate it? Or? Well, some people, well, most of the people that I talked to loved it. Uh, I remember one lady uh, <clears throat> thought that you're, you were a little bit... Uh, um, uh, you know, strong. You know, she was offended because you, you, you're strong. <laughs> you present, you present a strong argument, and uh, and so that was basically. But that was one person out of well, so many people. You would think people would admire that that you can present your argument. <clears throat> Certainly, most people do. Most yeah. people do. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you first about this project that you uh, are planning. You plan to get started at some mm -hmm. point the Bible study series on homosexuality. What is that about? Well, we, uh, I've been with uh, the Lutheran Church, and uh, I had left the ELCA, but there are still tons of congregations that are in the ELCA, that's Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And over the last three, three years, things have gotten really out of hand uh, with the issue of homosexuality. And when I came here and moved to Odessa, I became aware of some stories of uh, uh, things going on in Dallas. Uh, children related to members of my congregation, uh, especially one child, was taken to a gay nightclub for a youth group event and encouraged to sashay back and forth across the stage uh, You know, at that event. And as we uh, thought about it, and as I thought about it, as I got folks together to think about what should we do, it became clear that there is a, uh, uh, in the ELCA, there's uh, an environment and kind of a culture of recruitment, unfortunately. And the ELCA is one of the uh, mainline denominations that are pushing very strongly for gay marriage. They support the ordination of Vicki Jean uh, Robinson in the Episcopal Church. And uh, they're pushing very strongly for practicing, ordaining, practicing homosexuals. And actually, uh, they, they are already engaging in that practice uh, across the country. But the thing that disturbed me most is what seems to be 
this recruitment of youth, especially the boys, uh, you know, that are in our churches. Is this widely known in the churches? Are people aware, that the preachers or the members, are they aware of this? We are doing our best to make it widely known. It is widely known that the denomination is trying to uh, uh, do a study. They're doing a study on sexuality right now. The denomination is trying to uh, 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 put together services for gay marriages, put them in the hymnals, uh, and, re and uh, have churches do them. Uh, we, I've heard stories of pastors uh, who have not gone along with that agenda, who have been retaliated against, who yeah. stood up to the top leaders in the church. And uh, most recently, the news that is all over in Houston and all over the state of Texas, actually, most recently, the news that, uh, we've been hearing is that the person that they appointed uh, to be the director of the study on sexuality that's going on uh, over a three-year period in the ELCA is involved in a bitter uh, legal battle uh, for, uh, for uh, he, he's alleged to have known about a pedophile uh, who became a pastor that he, that he was a part of passing through uh, the seminary uh, and who uh, molested some 14 children. And, uh, and this is a person who's in charge of the uh, of the uh, sexuality studies, and uh, I confronted my uh, the the guy who is the bishop of the Lutheran Church in the Dallas Synod. I confronted him, and I said, um, "Sure, he may not have been uh, this guy, uh, Doctor Childs, may not have been found guilty, uh, uh, but Jesse uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, Michael Jackson hasn't been found guilty, but you wouldn't That's put right. him in charge of a boys' school." That's right. You know. Uh, and and so uh, there, there's just the credibility on these sexuality studies, but also pastors across the country who are pastors in the ELCA, the Lutheran Church, are aware that there are some things going on that are inappropriate with our youth, uh, um, youth leaders talking up and being taught at seminaries to talk up and to teach that the gay lifestyle is okay. What we want to do is get together a Bible study that we could uh, target teenagers uh, and target the youth with, uh, that will address some of the issues and correct some of the false teachings that they're getting from their their youth ministers and even some of their pastors in the congregations. Why are so many pastors and churches so willing to accept homosexuality now and to a point of putting them in a position like that? Why is that being accepted so well? Or, or a willingness to accept it? When the ELCA was a... Uh, uh, the ELCA is a congregation, is a denomination that was formed from several Lutheran denominations that came together about 16 years ago. And when they put together their, uh, their founding documents, what they said was they wanted to be a multicultural church, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was one of their goals was to be a multicultural church. What we find uh, out is that uh, they haven't achieved that goal at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but not only that, what's happened over the last six years is that there are leaders in the ELCA, top leaders, who, um, who have connected the liberal gay agenda, a political agenda, have connected it to um, uh, Christianity and have also connected it to the civil rights movement. Yeah. Okay? So what we, yeah. had, what we had going on and why I left the ELCA and why my congregation has uh, taken a vote to leave the ELCA, uh, what's, what's going on is, is you have this marriage between something that is good, celebrating uh, cultures and celebrating our differences and so well you know as far as um, 
our relationships between uh, people of different wow. hues of skin color. And, uh, and something that is, is uh, talked about very specifically in the Bible, such as homosexuality. And putting those two things together, I believe, is what's given such strength uh, to, the, uh, to the movement in the ELCA. What happens then is that it's, it's bad to talk about racial issues uh, unless you're saying that, uh, that uh, white people are the, the blonde hair, blue-eyed devils, right? Yeah. Uh, and so what you have is it's bad to talk about the issue of homosexuality unless you're saying that God celebrates it. And the documents that they're writing is that in the ELCA is that um, homosexuality is something that God celebrates and that God wants, uh, wants to celebrate the relationships that people have uh, in same-sex relationships. So is it fair for me to believe that preachers who are willing to go along with this, pastors or whatever they're called, uh, is it fair for me to believe that they are not called by God? Because if they were called by God and of God, there's no way they would accept something that's so wrong and try to present it as being right. I, I could not make a case uh, for them uh, being called by God, these folks who are pushing this agenda so heavily. Now, there's a big difference between saying we want to help people who are struggling with issues of sexuality yeah. and saying that it's okay uh, to, to uh, go against what God's Word is in the Bible. A big difference. Yes. Um, uh, the, the congregation that I serve, we were the first congregation in Odessa, Texas to have Alcoholics Anonymous, you know. Uh, when, you're, when you're talking about uh, the issue of alcoholism, it's a big difference between saying we want to help you get through your alcoholism and saying that it's okay to drink. Here, mm -hmm. let's go buy you a, a, a quart of whiskey, you know. Big difference. And uh, I think that pastors that are being trained in some of the seminaries are not uh, being trained in the Bible well. They're, they are yeah. being trained in uh, political and social stuff. They are being trained in uh, how to... Uh, how to strategize to get agendas accomplished, but they're not being trained how all that connects to what God's Word is in the Bible. And, and so what is the definition of a pastor? I, I thought it was someone who teaches and preaches uh, and proclaims the Word of God to the people. And uh, if you're not doing that, then you don't have a call as far as I'm concerned. And the reason to teach it and, and proclaim is to set people free. Right, you know, set people to show free. Them how to overcome sin and rather than accepting it as being normal or right. something you can't And that it's something that they have to be or live with or that kind of thing. What is the purpose of, of a um, sexual, what do you say, a human sexuality course? Or, or you're saying that they were, they wanted to do a sexuality test in the, in the church too? Well, they, they have a, uh, the ELCA put together a plan. What had happened about, I think the year 2000, is they wanted to pass a resolution, right, a resolution right there to accept gay marriages and that kind of thing. Somebody got up and said, we should study this issue. They spent, uh, I, I don't want to talk out of school here, but I know that they spent uh, more than a million, maybe two or three million dollars that they had uh, decided to spend to study human sexuality, particularly <laughs> should they do gay marriages and should they ordain practicing homosexuals. And did that money come from the, the donations or the, uh, the money tithing of the people? That's right. The money comes from the local congregations, send their benevolence on to the main office, just like a corporation. You know, the local <laughs> congregation sends benevolence on to the main office of the uh, ELCA, which is in Chicago, and that's the money that was used. Do they, uh, send a is being used. do they send a survey out to the 
people who tithe and give money and say, we're going to do this test, how do you feel about it? Or no. Or they just make the decision to do well, it? Well, what happened was the decision was made. There wasn't a lot of time for people who are, were opposed to that to organize to prevent that study from happening because it was thrown out there on the floor, uh, you know, like the same day that they were voting on other issues. Yeah. Um, but what they did was they decided to do a, uh, a study. And they put together uh, two studies so far, two study books the ELCA put out and has delivered to every congregation and has strongly encouraged every pastor to walk their congregants through this study. And uh, at the end of those studies are a survey. What did you think about this? What did you think about that? I haven't used either one of those studies with my congregation because yeah. it's false teaching. Plus you have the Bible anyway. Why do you need to do a study? Well, they had, they, the whole thing is, how do we look at the Bible differently? Let's, how do we reinterpret the Bible? How do we, uh, the whole thing is to brainwash the people who are sitting in the pews into the idea and the thinking that the, what the Bible says is wrong because uh, it's old news, we're in a new time, mm -hmm. we don't understand it the way it was really meant. And uh, be honest with you, some of the leading scholars in the country on the issue of sexuality have debunked the whole, uh, that, that whole issue of, uh, of uh, you know, they went through the Bible and said what the Bible says is what the Bible says. Yeah. No matter what kind of theological acrobatics you do, you can't get, away, uh, get around or away from what That's the right. Bible says about the issue of human sexuality, whether you're uh, straight, gay, whatever, you know. Um, that God has some expectations for us for how we live and, uh, and that as pastors and as the church, the Christian church, we're called to uphold that and to teach that. You know? I think you made a very good point about uh, homosexuals trying to compare <clears throat> that lifestyle to the civil rights movement. You know? And what's so sad about it, many of the so-called civil rights leaders or accepting this and allowing it to happen, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're going along with it. I know it's for power and money. Uh, even Coretta Scott King, the widow of Dr. Martin Luther King, she's doing the same thing. She mm -hmm. accepts homosexuality as being um, uh, uh, a part of the movement. And she even said in a quote, and I write about it in my newsletters, that we can't move forward until we bring homosexuals forward, too. Mm -hmm. And so open up the door of brotherhood and sisterhood mm -hmm. and allow the homosexuals to come in and be mm -hmm. accepted. That blows my mind. I can't believe that she is the wife, or was the wife of Dr. Martin Luther King, who all that I can read about him, unless there are some things I don't know, mm -hmm. seemed to be a man of God. He wanted things that were right. Uh, he would have been against sin and not supported this type of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, understand how that can happen. What do you think happened to a woman who lived with the man, you know, married to him, ate with him, talked with him, walked with him, and yet, she supported homosexuality. Uh, certain things, a little yeast leavens the whole bread. Yeah. What happens is you get a little false teaching and you let that set and you don't correct that and that's going to grow in your life. And I don't know the one personally, but that, that would be the best that I can say is that um, there are some extremely well-meaning people that have let that little yeast of false teaching, and it goes the other way too, because the little yeast of true teaching and the yeast of faith grows, yeah, you know. But but it but that that little bit of false teaching, if you let it fester there, you let it set there, and it goes unchecked, and and uh, and you uh, you let it be, it's gonna it's gonna grow, and it's but, gonna take over. Every, it it takes over how you see the world. It begins to take over how you. Yeah. It's very demonic, actually. But it seemed to me, if no one ever told me that homosexuality was wrong, 
when you look at the act itself, you know, two men or mm -hmm. two women, mm -hmm. you, I mean, you can just see that it's wrong without mm -hmm. having been told by anyone yeah. that it's wrong. How do you convince people something that's so apparent is wrong that is right? I don't, you know. Well, how do you convince people of something that is so apparently wrong right. that it's right? <laughs> I, um, it seems like it would take uh, more than a little yeast to do that. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I mean, I have kind of a take on this. And you had talked about power and about money. Yes. And there's really a machinery or kind of a, uh, however way you want to put it, I'm not going to talk about conspiracies or anything, but there's right. this way of working, something that's going on in our country, and our country is different than a lot of other countries. You know, in most. <laughs> this stuff isn't happening in. Uh, my wife's from Cambodia. This stuff isn't right. happening in Cambodia. It's not happening in China. It's not. <laughs> it's not happening in other there places. There are even parts of Africa, you know, as corrupt as Africa is. Mm -hmm. There are parts of Africa that this is not happening. Oh yeah, no. There's no. I mean, there's no way in in uh, some of those places. Other things might be happening, but that wouldn't be. Right. But there's this. Uh, I, I kind of have my own theory about it. You know, when I, was, I, when I was studying the Bible and I was really taking a look at Jesus and the huge following that he had because he was preaching the, the truth, and then you had the Sadducees and the Pharisees and then the Romans, you know, who all got together and crucified Jesus. And these were small special interest groups. Yeah. And they were separate. Uh, and if you, know, if you notice, the Pharisees hated the Romans in the Bible, but they made this union with the Romans to kill Jesus. Yes. The Pharisees totally disagreed with the Sadducees they had totally different theological perspectives uh, as far as you know uh, what they believed about the afterlife and everything and that kind of thing. But they made a union uh, so that they could destroy and kill the truth, you know, the light that comes into the world. Yeah. And that's kind of what I see going on, that what you see is this union between special interest groups because they know that they have to find some way to get power, to get their way so that they can get power, so they can have access to money, um, and so that they can uh, continue uh, you know what they're doing, and uh, and most of those kinds of movements are really spearheaded by uh, uh, not by uh, uh, it's not they're not grassroots movements. Yeah. Um, they're centered and focused on uh, you know a, a personality or an individual who's really the driving force. You know. Is this too far gone to turn around, or do, can we still turn it around, change it? I have a theory about that too. <laughs> Is it too far gone? to turn around. Um, I always have hope that we can turn it around and yeah. we can change it. We see where the people of Israel were in such a mess in the Bible and somehow they turn it around. And then they'd get in a mess and a hundred years later they turn it around. <clears throat> what I've noticed in this country is that everything that has been bad for us as a nation, everything that's been bad for children, for families, um, everything that has been against the Word of God, before it could take root in this country, uh, before it could uh, uh, um, take power and take precedence, it needed the buy-in of the Christian church. Yes. Okay? Um, it needed the buy-in of the Christian church. We don't have the whole... The gay marriages would not be an issue if the Christian church, uh, the Episcopal Church USA, wasn't ordaining uh, practicing homosexual That's as right. their bishop. Uh, but it takes the buy-in of the Christian church um, to, uh, to uh, make things happen, really. And that's part of how our country is set up. For example, uh, uh, it, it was part of the buy-in of the, uh, you know, so, some Christian churches that helped to end slavery. It was also part of the buy-in of some Christian churches 
uh, that uh, uh, helped to keep it going in yeah. some respects way back when. Yeah. And so you see these things, and the church has a voice, and if the church would just use that voice and would uh, really teach what they're supposed to teach, I think we would have a chance. Do I see the church doing that in my lifetime? Honestly, I don't. Not, my, not in my lifetime. Uh, your congregation, they know where you're coming from on this issue. Uh -huh. They know where you stand. Do most of them, uh, or all, maybe all, support you in, what, in your, what you're trying to do in this issue and how you're trying to hold things together? Yeah. They support yes, they you do. That? My entire congregation has been behind me. What and makes them different from other church congregations that allow their preachers to promote homosexuality? Uh, good teaching. Good teaching. True teaching. Uh, Bible-based teaching. The founder of my congregation, his name is uh, Pastor Jim Outerness. He does a program with uh, God's Learning Channel and that kind of thing called Simple Secrets of the Kingdom. And that's what he built that church on. And it's, it's focused on the Bible and what the Bible teaches. Yeah. You know? And uh, I think that that's one of the building blocks of a church. Unfortunately, so many churches have gotten away from that. I noticed, too, in the past, it was, it was hard for men to accept homosexuality as being normal. They mm -hmm. knew, even with women, a lot of women say, oh, you know, let them do it, it's fine. Because women tend to be emotional and accept most crap that comes along. Mm -hmm. But men would say, no, this is not right, it's not gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, I don't see that a lot from men because I believe that if the men in the church said no to it, mm -hmm. then it wouldn't happen. But they seem to be going along with it you too. You are precisely right. and and. Uh in the Christian church, if you look at it, it's the men, it's the men leaders who are really spearheading the agenda. Yeah. And they claim that they're straight and all that kind of stuff. Right. But they're the ones who are saying, uh, there was a fellow that wrote a book that said, I'm a straight guy, but we should be, uh, we should be uh, ordaining gay people and it shouldn't be a sin and you know, we should just accept this and everything should be okay. Um, uh, Shelby, Bishop Shelby Spong, you know, from the Episcopal Church, yes. um, he wrote these books, you know, uh, about that. And uh, you're looking at that, and, and you're right. If the men would just stand up and take the responsibility, uh, and especially the men who are pastors, right. instead of being uh, namby-pamby about this or wishy-washy about this or spineless about this, to take a stand, but they're so afraid what people might think. They're so afraid that someone's going to call them, uh, uh, you know, they're against gays or something like that. Instead of thinking about how to clearly think about the issue and to and and to clearly state what they what they believe, you know. Do you think that uh, their wives are behind it? Maybe their wives are making them do it because a lot of men are afraid of their wives. You know what? Do you I think that that's what because a man, a real man, just never he just knows that this is wrong. It doesn't matter if the whole world turned on him; he would still stand on this issue. Do you think the wives? wives are influencing their husbands to go along with this? Well, you know, I can't really speak for every pastor. Every right. I, I've seen it. There's yeah. a pastor in town that uh, his, his wife runs him, and, uh, and uh, <laughs> it's bad news. And uh, he's not the strongest fellow, but, she, but his wife wears the pants. What is the evidence that his wife is running him? Oh, everybody, well, <laughs> I better quit talking. <laughs> um, uh, she... Uh, the evidence that his wife is running him is uh, he doesn't speak up. Uh, and she's very angry. She's very belligerent. And she's the one who says, this is how it's going to be. And I just kind of look at that, and, uh, and uh, I don't see him standing up to her. So he doesn't stand up on issues like this and 
of the things that He's are going on? He's supportive of issues like this. Wow. Uh, but uh, w the thing that I notice is that uh, uh, in his ministry, um, uh, you know, his wife does run him. And yeah. Alvin, do you know if the congregations, his congregations, are aware, are aware that the wife is running him? Let me tell you something. Pastors who uh, are struggling with that, they don't have very large congregations. No. I may be Good point. I may be not on it, but he's got 25 people coming to worship, you know, coming to church on Sunday. Um, people are looking for strong pastors, strong yeah. leaders, whether they be men or women, but they're looking especially for strong men to stand up and uh, take a stand. And, and uh, people are looking for a place to be fed. Yeah. They're looking for someone to be an example. What know? causes a man to be weak to a woman? That's probably a whole bunch of stuff, huh? Um, and we, I mean, we can talk about uh, some of the erosion of family and society, uh, the teaching uh, that goes on in schools that, uh, that, uh, that has, uh, uh, I don't know, emasculated boys yeah. and men. And it's not right to be a boy anymore. You I know. know. It's, I know. It's, and, uh, and it's terrible. It is. Boys. It's not right to be a boy anymore. Yeah. It's, uh, and this is, I, you know, I know you probably have some uh, people who watch who are, are against guns. But uh, when I was a kid, we used to, that's what boys did. We that's got our right. little toy cap guns and yeah. we played cops and robbers. <laughs> now that's, uh, that's not right. Because yeah. it's too aggressive, it's too, and the behavior is too male. It's too aggressive, you know, and so we're we're raising a leader or, or a nation of people who are end up being our leaders, kids who end up being our leaders who um, who are not taught what it is to be a man, and and they they don't know about responsibility. I mean, it's just all kinds of stuff. Why do fathers, men, male, the male allow? Um, their masculinity to be taken away and allow their boys' masculinity to be taken away in the homes and school. Why don't we just sit back and allow that to happen? You know, you're not going to be able to answer that question. They're going to have to tune in next week to get that answer because we're winding down at the end of this program. I'm, I'm going to hold you over so you can answer that. But I want people to, to be able to get in touch with you in case they want to help with the video. You're looking for a producer, mm -hmm. you're looking for money, mm -hmm. you're looking for people to help create this video on, uh, on the study of homosexuality. Mm -hmm. How can they get in touch with you? You can email me at pastorc at lcrl.org, or you can contact me at Church of the Risen Lord, Lutheran Church of the Risen Lord in Odessa, Texas, and the number there is 432-362-2549. All right, we're going to tell you next week why men allow... Uh, or allow women to take away their masculinity or homosexual. Bye. Welcome to the Jesse Lee Peterson Show. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. I'm doing a two-part series with my friend, Pastor Chris Carner. He is head of Church of the Risen Lord in Odessa, Texas. And uh, Chris is putting together a videotape, a series on homosexuality, how God feel, feels about homosexuality. So he's going to be needing your help. I want you to pay attention to it so you can write down 
uh, his information and get back to him if you can help him. And I'm sure most of you can help him one way or another. Chris, th thanks for hanging out with me. Uh, for the people who are tuning in for the first time, and I don't want to go back to everything we've talked about, but tell them about this videotape you're trying to put together. We're putting together a video series to uh, speak to the need or to the, the need for youth, especially teenagers, uh, to get a true teaching about the matters of sexuality, especially around this issue of homosexuality. Over the last year, the leaders in uh, the national organization called the ELCA led the children of what's called the Lutheran Youth Organization to uh, write a resolution uh, to, to support all forms of sexual expression as celebrated by God. And this is at the National Youth <laughs> Gathering. And so that was really what triggered this, uh, this desire to, to teach the children something different. And to, and to, give, and to teach, yeah. them, teach them what the truth is about, about the matter of uh, homosexuality. And we'll be focusing on homosexuality because that's a big issue and that's one of the greatest threats to our children, in, uh, uh, especially in, the, in uh, the ELCA right now. But, uh, but we also will touch on other issues of uh, sexuality too. What, what do you need from the audience, from the people who will be watching this program? How can they help you? We're still seeking a producer. We're still raising funds. Uh, the, the national church, the producers that we ha would normally use for this kind of project, turned us down because, uh, frankly, they said that uh, they didn't agree with the message that homosexuality is, is a sin That's or ag against, the, against uh, what God teaches in the Bible. So we've been turned down by a couple of, uh, of uh, producers, and uh, we're still looking for someone to help us produce the series uh, in a way that will speak to the, uh, the, the youth and teenagers. Uh, and also we're, we're looking for support, financial support, because the national church body won't uh, support this kind of teaching either. But they will support teaching homosexuality to the children financially, right? Right. Uh, they, in, uh, I had mentioned to you before, they, they've spent uh, over a million, maybe up to $3 million on a study to study uh, sexuality and uh, uh, to make recommendations to the national church about whether or not to do gay marriages and, uh, and allow practicing uh, a homosexual clergy in the pulpits. And uh, they, they're spending the money on that, but they're not spending the money on, say, helping people get out of the lifestyle if they want to. Right. Um, they're ignoring the research that says that uh, therapy uh, in, the, in those issues, you know, dealing with issues of homosexuality is just as successful as uh, therapy with any other issue that someone might struggle with. Um, they're teaching kids that, um, that people are born that way. Even though, uh, even though the uh, scientific and medical evidence against that view and understanding is overwhelming. Yeah. So they're teaching not only things that are um, false about the Bible, but they're teaching things that are false about uh, medical science, you know, for example. And uh, it's a real detriment to the kids. It really is. What does it cost to put together a project like such as you are doing? What's the cost of that? Well, we we're, 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 uh, have initially... Uh, are looking at raising fifty thousand uh, dollars to get started on that. We're not quite sure what the distribution, uh, uh, what the what the demand and supply is going to be on the distribution uh, of that. But uh, we, we know that uh, if we can raise fifty thousand dollars and get that taken care of, that that'll get us started and and get us into some of the distribution of the project too. 
what uh, are there other pastors or clergies who who are working with you or agree with you and are trying to do something about this? We, you know, we have uh, developed a network of clergy all over uh, the country uh, and Lutheran, you know, Lutheran clergy, people who were raised in the Lutheran church who become clergy uh, and pastors. And uh, there are people all over the country working on these issues on several fronts. And, and I was called and invited and asked to be a part of working on this, this issue of developing this video project in the Bible study. Yeah. What um, I asked uh, in the last program, I asked, why do men allow their identity to be taken away from them? I know this whole idea was started by a bunch of liberal women who just hate men, the National Organization of Women Who Hate Men, people like that. But why do men allow someone to just take their identity, you know, turn them from male to female, take their son's identities and turn them from boys to girls? Why do men allow that? I, you know, in my, my work in counseling and that kind of thing, uh, what I've seen is, is that there's a, uh, a kind of a codependent thing going on there. There are men who... Uh, let me step back for a minute. What I believe one of the important things of becoming a man is understanding and realizing what the responsibility of being a man is, yeah. you know, and what a man does, how a man lives, uh, and, and, and that kind of thing. And Before you move forward on that, can you tell them what is the responsibility of a man, the role of a man, oh, his purpose? Well, the responsibility of man, I think, in a nutshell, is to be responsible. I mean, in our culture and time, uh, take responsibility for yourself, for your actions, uh, to take your proper role in the family, say, as the head of the household. Yeah. Or, or uh, just, you know, it says that uh, Christ is the head of the man, man is head of the woman right. or the wife. And take that proper role in those relationships. Uh, that, that's, that's a big part of being a man. I also realize, too, Chris, is that the man has a spiritual responsibility. Absolutely. Far more greater than even the financial or physical Absolutely. responsibility. Mm -hmm. So when you take away a man's manhood, you're taking away that spiritual responsibility. You're, it's like, in, in reality, you're taking God out of the home, out of the, of the lives of his wife mm -hmm. and children, mm -hmm. out of the life of his wife and children. Am mm -hmm. I wrong about that? I, it really, I believe, with all my heart that it's the man's responsibility to nurture the spiritual life That's of his right. family. And if a man is not in tune and in touch with God and connected in understanding what his spirituality is about, if he's not clear on what God requires of us, uh, you know, as uh, faithful Christians in, in yeah. Christian life, and, in, and when we talk about Christian marriage, what does God require of us in a Christian marriage? And if, he, if he's not clear on those things, if he doesn't uh, read and study his Bible, uh, and doesn't uh, look at the Word of God, he's, he, there's going to be problems. I truly believe that. And so you're saying that if, if men understood their role as a man and their relationship with God in that role, then this would not happen. That's what I believe. I, I do too. Yeah, I, I, agree I really believe that. that. I think there's a flip side to it too. Uh, with the and that's why I said it's a codependent kind of thing. With why do men allow their masculinity to be taken away from them? Why do they... Uh, give up uh, their their manhood in right. a sense, yeah. not only to women but to society, to culture, do, to schools, yeah. to you know, to homosexuals. Whoever yeah. wants it, they give it to them. Right. Um, I really feel that um, 
there's also uh, an issue with women and that women need to know what it means to be a woman. Yeah. And I think that that is just of utmost importance that women need to know who they are in relationship to men and who they are in relationship to, uh, to God. Now when women want to step outside their role of who we are all created to be, <clears throat> that's for, for, some men, for some boys who have not become men yet, that's a great thing yeah. because they don't have to be responsible. And so that's what I mean by it being codependent. Uh, it, when it becomes, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're not comfortable with being responsible because of all the, the uh, you know, it's not easy to be responsible for yeah. your life and for the world. And that's the thing of becoming a, uh, from a boy to a man. That's right. It's one of the big things. Uh, but if a woman can uh, take a role over you, <clears throat> you don't have to be, um, you don't have to be responsible. Right. And well, once, said, she, once you take that role over you, you can't be responsible anyway. You got to right. not let her take that role. You have to keep things in spiritual order right. as God has ordained it to be. And I, I really believe that uh, women need to. Uh, uh, I really believe that women do have a part in that also. Yeah. Because the you know the women yeah. are teaching their children. Yeah. And, and it starts there, you know, it starts there. Can a woman become a woman without a man being a man? Can a woman become a woman without a man being a man? I, I, <laughs> I, I couldn't see how. Um, a woman has to, uh, uh, identity of a woman can only be understood in relationship to uh, a man. That's right, her father. Right her boyfriend, right. her husband. And so you see that stuff. Yeah. When you have a, a father or a boyfriend or a husband who is not, and so it's all connected, who is, not, right. go, who is not willing to be a, uh, who, who is given away his manhood. That's right. When you see that, that's when you start to see uh, all the troubles that women go through. Uh, in I, don't lives. Think most, I don't think most Christians uh, um, understand that role. I don't think they understand that if the man is not a man, if the father is not a man and the head of his home and doing the right thing, a woman cannot, his daughter cannot become from female to uh, womanhood. And, and have positive relationships right. with other women. It with can't men. be. Right. And, I, and the reason that it can't be is because of that spiritual order given to us. Mm -hmm. It's like I can't become a man of God unless I believe in Christ right. and be born again through him, right? right. And so a woman can't become what she's supposed to be if the man is out of order. That's what I believe. And I'll tell you, I'll just share one story with you. I counseled with a couple, and I gave the woman, uh, the, they were getting married. And uh, I was talking to the man, and I, I was basically talking to him about his role and responsibility yeah. to take his role as a man in the relationship, in, in, in their life as a family together. And then I, while I was talking to him, I asked the woman to open up her Bible and look at that passage, the passages that talk about uh, the order. And they're in a couple places, yeah. I think Galatians. And, and, but I asked them to look at, uh, you know, the idea Christ is the head of the man, man is the head of the woman. And she came back in, into my office crying saying that she didn't believe that and she didn't think like that. Yeah, and, a lot uh, of them don't. But the thing is, is that this is what, uh, this is what our culture has. Uh, you're talking about these radical uh, feminist organizations and that kind of thing. That's what, that's what has yeah. been taught. That's what's taught in the schools. That's yes. what's taught in the universities. Yeah. That's what's taught in the churches. I went to a church and they changed the Lord's Prayer from our Father who art in heaven to our Mother who art yeah. in heaven. 
<laughs> I went to another one where they said, "Our lover who art in heaven." Wow. You know, when you are when when so you know, and and as I te when I teach people about the Lord's prayer, I say, one of the when you're going to claim the Lord's prayer, you you need to claim our Father. That's and right. you, you and what you're doing is you're claiming the whole created order that God yeah. has for us, and you are saying no to all this stuff that would feminize God even yeah. or try to take away the manhood and masculinity of God, which of course you can't. But uh, you know, yeah, as far as because God doesn't doesn't work that way. But. Satan made a promise in his heart that he's going to deceive every man, woman, and child, and he's doing it. And he's I mean he's doing it in a way that I never imagined. And I think that in one way he's very smart because if you can degrade the man, take away his identity, there's nothing left, you know, mm -hmm. because God works through us. You know, he works mm -hmm. through people. Yeah. And if you take away his order, it's, it's easy to mm -hmm. just destroy the rest of society and do whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. If you want to destroy a nation, you destroy the man first. Mm -hmm. It's easy to destroy the nation. That's what happened to black Americans, by the way. That's what I understand too. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris, uh, wh where is society headed to? Well you had you mentioned uh, the the sneaky ways that Satan works and it's really it's it's hard to get a handle on uh, but it's not I, I don't believe that it's difficult to see you see it all around you yeah. that this is happening it is a spiritual battle yeah. between good and evil and w when you look at Satan in the Garden of Eden uh, what he said was, did God really say? Yeah. Did God really say you weren't supposed to eat of that fruit? And that's what we're faced with in our culture. Did God really say that it's wrong to uh, uh, live a homosexual lifestyle? Did God really say that the man is the head of the woman? Uh, did God really say that say we that. have to keep the Ten Commandments? No. Uh, did God really say that Jesus was the one, the only one who died on the cross for our sins? You know, and so that's the stuff that we're facing in our culture, and we see it. it it's in our face everywhere we go, on the television, in the news, on the radio, yeah. uh, in the schools. It, it's everywhere, yeah. and that's what we're faced with, did God really say. And that's idolatry. That's idolatry. It is. Yeah. It is. If we don't change the situation around, if men don't come back to their proper state of being, what's going to happen, you think? I, I, I think that what is going to happen, I, I'm not sure that any of us could imagine something so awful. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you look at Sodom and Gomorrah, and the whole story there was about men yeah. who did not take their role as men. That's right. And did that's, not, right. that's a good example. And the whole thing of, uh, 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 you know, the woman turning back uh, and turning into a pillar of salt. Yeah, because she 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 uh, didn't agree to f follow her man out of the yeah. out of the city, and and uh, I, I I have hope for the world for our future, uh, but because I believe in Jesus Christ, because right. I know that He's going to come again, yes. you know, and so. Uh, but if if this stuff doesn't turn around, uh, let me also say I have the belief and hope that God is working here and now in us and through us Christians, and that we have the Holy Spirit, and that we can make a difference in the world, right. and that uh, can. God can work to make a difference and work through work through us uh, to make a difference in the world. And and so I'm not I'm not willing to, even though I look forward to uh, 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 God and uh, the second coming. I look forward to the future. Um, I also have hope that there is something that we can do about it. Uh, but what's going to happen if we don't turn around? I, 
you know, I've, I'm looking at stuff that's going on now, and I, I can sit down and say, boy, this is pretty bad. Yeah. If you think it's bad now, if we don't start right. getting on the front of this, wait 10, 20, 30, 15 years down the road, we're in trouble. Do you think that, uh, I know there's an issue now about same-sex marriages, and I know that the president is against it, which is good. Mm -hmm. I don't think he takes it far enough, but I know he's against it. Mm -hmm. Do you think that same-sex marriage will eventually come to pass where most of the churches are performing these marriage, so-called marriages? And there are churches that are already doing right. that. It's already starting to happen, so you think, do you think that's going to spread now? Or? Uh, you know, and I, we talked a little bit about this before. I really believe that if the church taught the Bible instead of getting out, off on these tangents, did God really say, um, it wouldn't happen. It, it needs, and it has taken, for the gay, uh, extreme gay left agenda to get as far as it has as a political agenda in the United States. It has taken the buy-in of some mainline denominations, yeah. you know. A lot of churches are teaching the Bible, you know, everybody mm -hmm. and their mama can quote the Bible to you, but there doesn't seem to be that spirituality, there doesn't seem to be the power that Christians should have, you know, the light of the earth, you know, I mean the salt of the earth, light of the world, right. lifestyle happening. Yeah. They still seem to cower down or intimidated by or don't, even though they know the Bible, you know, you look at their Bible, is red, blue, green, and yellow. You know, they get up every morning and speak another tongue. Mm -hmm. They have all the tapes. Mm -hmm. And they can just tell you whatever you want to know right. about the Bible. Commentaries, <laughs> it, all kinds. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But still, you don't see that power happening. You know, I think um, that's just a, an excellent point. And I think that one of the other spiritual crises that we face is that people don't know what it means to be spiritually grounded. This definition of what it means to be spiritual uh, somewhere along the line, we lost the connection between our faith and our action in the world. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the line, um, there's a general understanding out there that uh, you can believe it, uh, uh, but just kind of keep to yourself. You know, and when, when Jesus taught his disciples, he sent them out all out over the country. And they, they did it, yeah. you know, and they lived it. And, and that's what we're called to do. But I think that idea of spirituality is so um, uh, become such psychobabble in our culture and our society, uh, and psychologized uh, to the extent that we, uh, it's all internal, yeah. and so we keep it internal, uh, and and we focus on the self, and when when God has always been asking us and always calls Christians to, to uh, let our light shine. Yeah. That's what you're talking about, that's that right. light and that salt. Yeah. And, 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 you know, salt sitting on the table doesn't do you any good. You put mm -hmm. it in your food, you know, you use it, and then it does some good. And, and I think that there's, uh, people have really, are well-meaning to seek out spirituality and a relationship with God. But when we keep that internalized uh, and forget that, that uh, we're called to live it, I think that's a problem. What do you hope to gain with this video that you're putting together, and who do you want to see it or have it in their possession? I hope that this video that we put together will save some lives. That's what I hope to gain. Um, I've seen some stuff, you know, privy to, to stuff, you know, with clergy sexual abuse, and I've seen how... Uh, <clears throat> 
how this stuff is just destroying lives. Yeah. And the one thing that I just want to see, if it can save one life, if one child or one teenager, even one adult, can look at this series and say, wait a minute, my pastor taught me wrong. Wait a minute, my, the, you know, the, the culture in society is not, is not right. If, if they can look at that and discover that, you know, uh, and have their lives saved, you know, from all kinds of destruction and awful things, that's, that's what I hope. And I, and I really uh, uh, feel so strongly about that. I can't tell you. I hope you realize that, if you haven't already had it, that the, your, the hatred is going to come from the preachers toward you about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I know in the black community, most, a lot, if not most, of the anger that I received has been from most preachers, black mm -hmm. preachers. They mm -hmm. don't want the, the people to be free. Mm -hmm. You know, you can walk into the average black church today and the choirs are just filled with homosexuals. You know, mm -hmm. the men are acting like the women, and women are acting like the men. Mm -hmm. The assistant pastor is a homosexual, and mm -hmm. not sometimes the head pastor is, mm -hmm. but the assistant pastor is a homosexual. And so when you try to reveal this to them, they're not going to want to hear it, because these people bring in a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know, they support the church, mm -hmm. and the, pe the preachers love the money over the power. I mean, over the salvation. Over the salvation. Over salvation. Yeah. So a lot of your hostility is going to come from preachers. Mm -hmm rather than the people. You've got to get it from the people, too, if you already have it. But as this word is getting out, that you're trying to expose the devil and save young people's soul, you're going to have to go through it. Are you ready for that? I've, I've been preparing for it. You know, and it, it, my, uh, my work and ministry in some of these areas have become uh, more focused and stronger and stronger as the months have gone by since I've been in Odessa here. And since, I mean, this is my first call as a pastor over here at Risen Lord. And I've been prepared for it, I've been preparing for it. <clears throat> I was thinking about this yesterday, so it's funny that you brought it up because, um, you know, we're about to go into some places that, uh, that are difficult to go in. And I go in there knowing that uh, God is my guide and my, my light, you know, and that kind of thing. Uh, but also knowing that uh, there are all kinds of people uh, that, uh, that would do anything. Yeah. Uh, lie, cheat, do whatever they can to uh, to destroy same thing that that they did to Jesus yes. to destroy the living right. word of God. That's right. And in fact, we we actually one of the things that our that our church did and that I I had uh, really supported is that we uh, wrote a resolution urging the congregations, the Lutheran congregations, to uh, to support family and marriage, and they wouldn't. And when I went to that meeting, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. And there was a woman, and this is the wife of that uh, pastor. Uh, there was a woman who I was sitting on this side of the table. She was on the other side, yelling in my face, um, because uh, we were we were sharing what uh, the word of God was and asking yeah. them to support. Let's just get together and say this is what God's word says. And she was yelling in my face. And so I've seen I've seen just tremendous hatred yeah. uh, from from folks. Uh, and I don't know what it's what it's going to come to. <laughs> I appreciate your caution. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm glad. I'm not telling you not to do it, though. You know. I know. I, know. I mean, I love a good spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. There's no fight like a spiritual fight. Mm -hmm. And I've come to realize that the battle that I deal with is between good and evil. It's not blacks against whites or whites against blacks or men against women or women against men. It's good versus evil. Mm -hmm. and evil works through people just as good works through people. Mm -hmm. 
And now that I realize that, I love spiritual battles. Mm -hmm. I don't mind taking them on because I know greater is he that's in me than he right. that's in the world, right? right? And so I have that confidence, yeah. and I don't mind. And I know that the homosexuals uh, are part woman, part man, and part devil. Mm -hmm. And so you got like a real battle there, especially mm -hmm. going after the homosexuals. Mm -hmm. they, they, they are vicious, you know, they would... They would I know. They would, I'm telling you, they would destroy you and everything around you to maintain their lifestyle to destroy a nation. I, I've, I've had, I've experienced that. What have you experienced? I, uh, when, I, when I was at an internship in St. Paul, they were ordaining, uh, the ELCA was ordaining one of their first lesbian practicing ministers. <laughs> I refused to go to that ordination. I was serving at that church. Uh, we, we were a larger church, and they wanted to have her ordination there. Uh, and I was serving there, and she was from another church, but I was serving there, and I, because our facilities were larger, they had it there. Well, they must have had over a thousand people there. Um, <clears throat> but I'll tell you, after I refused to go there, uh, I, I, I never thought I'd see that kind of retaliation. No. And, and they tried to destroy my life. Yeah. They did. And that's why God called me to Odessa, yeah. because, uh, because people heard about what had happened to me. And uh, and uh, they wanted me to be here, you know. Well, God is with you. You don't have to worry. And That's right. also, whatever we can do, I can do to help you. I want to do that. Uh, for now, I want you to take these last few seconds or so we have left. Tell people how to get in contact with you and how they can help you. Well, uh, you Please can... speak right into the camera. You can contact me at pastorc at lcrl.org. You can call me at 432-362-2549. One more time for the phone number. 432-362-2549. Well, I hope you guys help Chris get this video, put it together, help finance it, and if there are any producers out there that can help produce this, we would appreciate it. Have a good day, and God bless you. Tune in next time. <laughs>